What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, aka Kilgallen's Pub. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. That's at Joe Kilgallen Pod. Give myself a follow as well. That's simply at Joe Kilgallen. As always, I like to start off by giving shout outs to you, the listeners. Can't do it without you. I've been meaning to do this uh, to my YouTube subscribers on India. I hope you guys are doing much better now. I know there was like a little bit of crisis with vaccine shots and everything like that. And I've met, not met personally, but met online uh, through some amazing messages from fans from India who, who love the the stand-up and love the podcast. So I appreciate you guys very much. Also, shout out to the Patreon subscribers. You guys got your own personal meltdown of a podcast last week. That's right, everyone. If you don't subscribe to the Patreon, there's a good 20 minutes of me just losing my shit. So feel free to subscribe. As little as three bucks a month. Check it out. And if you're at the $9 tier, you get a producer credit on all the YouTube clips, which I think is a pretty sweet setup. All right. My guest right now, I am very excited for a, one of those dudes that when you see him, you can't help but smile because you know you're in for a good time. He's got a last name I'm going to butcher. I'm absolutely <laughs> going to fuck it up. Um, luckily, I've never... You, you ever have a friend where you're like, I know this dude, but then you're like, I've never had to say his name out loud in which he could be like, that's not how you pronounce it. He's already laughing. You can hear him. Uh, without further ado, everyone, please welcome to the podcast. The one, the only Chris Schlitting. Close. Yeah, that was, that was in the ballpark. Let me try it again. Chris Schlitting. Schlitting. Oh, Chris Schlitting. That was good. That was good. Plus, all right. You see, you say it out loud for everyone listening. Chris Schl <laughs> Chris Schlichting. Schlick. Like, it's the ick part. I forget that. Yeah. Schlick. All right. It's there brutal. we go. It's hey. it's clearly uh what kind of what is that? A Hispanic last name? Um <laughs> that's such a fucking dad joke. I immediately regret saying that. Isn't that like the classic dad me. joke? Like, I'm never I'm like, are you being serious? Or? I'm not being serious, but very I very German. I, I could, of course, it's very German. I could tell. But that was the thing. I grew up with, I have a very Irish last name. I remember growing up every now and then people would be like, Kilgallen. What's that? Polish? Like, you know, just trying to be funny. And I was just that guy. So I apologize to you and the listeners. Yeah. So it's S C H L I C H. There's a second H. I can't tell how many football jerseys, baseball jerseys. I forgot the second H. Uh, so S C H L I C H T I N G. So we just kind of deal with it. Well, you're definitely, yeah, it's a cool name. I like it. You're a big football fan. You got the Kansas City Chiefs stuff all decked out in the background. Sweet little, uh, is that your basement? Yeah, it looks like Andy Reid puked down here. <laughs> it's pretty, uh, it's pretty Chiefs and the Cubbies. You know, I'm a Bears guy too, but uh, I just fell in love with the Chiefs early on. I fell in love with Derek Thomas and it was just easier to kind of follow the whole program. Um, so yeah. I just didn't start following them like last two years, so don't don't tell me that. But uh, yeah, big Chiefs fan, big Cubs guy too. So I like that you had to be clear about that though, because there's a lot of bandwagon jumpers with Mahomes being a stud and everything that's yeah. going on there. The Chiefs, though, I feel like are one of those teams that every couple years has some crazy off the field incident. Your star running back, Cream Hunt, didn't he like punt a woman in the face, basically? Yeah, but uh, it was. She had a, I can't even defend it. She can't say shit again. <laughs> well, then he later said she said the N-word, which, yeah. by the way, we don't know. Maybe she did. I would say this, though. I would use that defense. <laughs> yeah. You know? And that's that's what Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, the safety who I love, he got some hot water, too, because he said he had an exchange with Tom Brady uh, during the Super Bowl, and he was like, I can't, I don't want to say it out loud, implying that Tom Brady, the, you know, the Jesus Christ of football, called him the n-word and then he quickly backtracked so yeah i get tons of texts every time they mess up every time they lose because i you know i'm pretty blatant about my love for the chiefs like uh frank clark our starting defensive end just got in trouble in california he had an uzi which isn't this in america you can't have a gun like i thought this was america uh the second amendment called you should be able to have an uzi it's his hunting uzi is he not allowed to hunt i mean Right? I don't know what state he was in or the laws, but it is interesting. I always thought that with certain weapons, the the right to bear arms, could I should I be allowed to have a nuke? I think I could have a nuke in my basement. Who <laughs> what kind of pussy doesn't have a nuke to protect their family, you know? So yeah, I'm getting all the texts. Luckily, we just had the first openly gay uh current we had one back in the day. Who was that guy? He played for the Rams briefly, Sam. Michael Sam was Michael drafted. Sam. Yeah, never, never made was, the team. 
yes, cut in camp, which some people thought like, oh, being gay definitely didn't help him because yeah. um, there was the whole distraction angle and all that. I don't know how well he played in the preseason. He was an SEC He's a stud. You know, defense, yeah, defensive yeah. player of the year. That's pretty yeah. big for linebacker, too. So who knows? But Michael, uh, I'm sorry, not Michael. The guy's name is Carl uh, Nassib, I believe is how you pronounce it. Carl Nassib. And uh, let me see if starter? I can play. No, I was going to see if I could play. He he was not. He started a little bit. Carl Nassib is his name. All right. Wanted to get that right. Carl Nassib is his name. He came out. He's currently with the Las Vegas Raiders. That's going to take some time to use to be said. Yep. But anyway, I think it's great. But it is one of those things where you don't want to say about time because that feels dipshitty-ish, I guess. Yeah. I remember when the state of Illinois legalized gay marriage, we were like the 10th state to do it. And I remember people being like, about time. I'm like, well, we're not 47th. We're 10th. That's pretty good. Um, so anyone who says about time just feels like, I don't know. Like, can we just celebrate something? Good for him for coming out. I think it's a great thing, of course. Uh, I'm sure it'll upset some people. And then I, I, already, I already saw the NFL culture. That's got to be so tough. Like the locker room mentality and uh, kudos to him. But yeah, I think he's got a long road, you know, ahead of him. Just football is such a manly, manly sport. And uh yeah, hopefully, like he said in his, I thought he was well, really well spoken when he talked about how representation is important, and he wants to cultivate, you know, a climate of change and stuff. So I, yeah, kudos to him, man. And I hate the Raiders, but kudos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, kudos to him. And he's right about representation, and more people should feel like they could be themselves. Maybe it'll help them play a little bit better. I don't know. Um, but here's, you're right. There is an NFL culture there, but look. If you're an NFL player, you have to have known you've been in the shower with gay guys before. They just weren't out. Yeah. Statistically true. speaking, every NFL player has played with a gay guy and nothing happened. And that's the thing that always cracks me up. Whenever it's like revealed, they're like, what's the locker room going to be like? Pretty much the same as it was before, I got to imagine. <laughs> yeah. Unless dudes are going to be weirder about it or they're just asking curious questions. You know what I mean? I don't think every NFL player has like a curious mind like that where it's like, so tell me. You on top yeah. or the other guy? I don't. I don't think they would. They just go about their day. You know. Well, I think when they, you know, when I'm sure Frank Clark will have to do some sort of public acknowledgement of what happened in California. He should just give a shout out to that Raiders DB and just, I mean, that defensive end and just try to <laughs> put the attention because, uh, yeah, it sucks. It's funny because no joke. I uh, I'm gonna move a little bit, but I didn't want you to see in the background that I actually had a Frank Clark pen it if you will i took that down because i didn't watch i'm like i'm disappointed in them so i took it down because i didn't want you to call me out on it right away <laughs> no i wasn't gonna say shit about because again people forgot about it you got a pretty sweet set there. get some cool movie posters in the background yeah what's yeah. that major These league you'll love this because so this, this is like a, cribs a, iowa edition this was an anniversary present for my wife. What I did is all these movies are movies that we saw together on a date or like after we got married, with the exception of Major League. I just love that movie. Great um, flick. Yeah, great flick. But yeah, this was the anniversary present for my wife and she loved it. It was just kind of sentimental and yeah, so I'm pretty proud of that one. That's a kick-ass anniversary idea yeah, right there. Yeah. I like that. Decorating um, the home a little bit I was just curious too. too, Joe. Have you... <laughs> Have you ever started a podcast where you're like, this next guest don't really care for? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I'm really excited about this next guest, but have you ever just started one like this next guy? You know, I couldn't find anybody last minute. I just would love to hear a podcaster not be excited about a guest. <laughs> uh, any podcast I do by myself is usually like, I hate the guy who's going to be talking for the next half hour. He's a real piece <laughs> of shit. Um, no, dude, I, I, you're one of the few people I've booked way out in advance. I told myself I was going to start getting booked, like booking people on a schedule better. Yeah. You know, um, I know how I'm revealing that now. So if you're a comic listening going, what the fuck, man? He, he, you said you were booked for the next six weeks. Ah, I just wasn't comfortable having you on. I'll be yeah, honest. I hit you up early. I hit you up early. <laughs> no, no, dude. I, I've always had good conversations with you. I definitely felt bad about fucking up the last name thing, though. But yeah, maybe one of these days I'll just be like, look, this is the only person who was available at the time. Dude, and um, well, think, someone did cancel last week, though. And I was telling you before we started recording, I'm like, I've been introduced on stage wrong more times than right. And you would think I would open up with, hey, you know, it's, pr but I just don't. I just plow through. Um, also, and you're right to, to do about, that. 
I wanted to pick your brain on this because I know this has happened to you too. When people find out you're a comedian, they're like, oh, you're a comedian. Tell me a joke. What is your go-to move when that happens? I usually do the standard. I ask them what they do for a living. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I'm a mechanic. All right. Well, you know what? My fucking check engine lights been on for a while. Why don't you get over there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Open up the hood and then I'll, I'll tell some material while you fix up my car for free on the spot. How does that Cause, feel? Because I finally had what I thought was really clever. I was, I, because I just got tired of it. I just kind of shake it off. But I was like, okay, from now on, if someone asks me to tell them a joke, I'm going to say, give me money first. Um, and I was doing a kind of my first like little gig here, trying to get back out there and do some road stuff. And I sat at the bar, you know, just before the show. And someone said, oh, you're the comedian. Tell me a joke. I said, give me money first. And she was like really offended. And like, we just sat there awkwardly next to each other. And I ended up finishing my beer. And like 20 minutes later before I left, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. That, that felt rude. <laughs> like, it, it, I just felt really rude. Like this poor lady asked me for a joke. I'm like, give me money. I'm like, ah, I don't like it, Joe. So I need to maybe steal yours because it didn't well, feel right. I mean, it depends on who's asking, but some older lady or someone who you just feel like is a, just doesn't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I've She's had it where like, <laughs> yeah, I've had it where people who are like around my age, you know, random guys in a bar would be like, you're a comedian, say something funny. And I'll just be like, fuck you. You know, I'm like, <laughs> fuck you is funny, right? Fuck you is pretty good. And then they, sometimes they, they roll their eyes a little bit or like, oh, all right, you know, I get it. You're not supposed to ask a comedian to tell yeah. a joke, but it's true like that. I was uh, watching an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm from one of the early seasons where he meets a doctor and he's like, I've got this thing. You mind checking it? And the doctor just has this look like, dude. And he goes, what do you do for a living? And Larry David's like, I'm a writer. He goes, all right, well, why don't you write me a bunch of shit real quick for free? <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, ah, see, doctors probably get it more than anybody. We complain yeah. as comedians, but do I think doctors are just better people too. And honestly, if I had like some weird thing on like skin thing and I'm like, you're a dermatologist, what the fuck is that? Yeah. You would have to. It's instinct to be like, real quick, you have eyes. Look, just yeah. look. All I do is look. <laughs> I just want to be maybe what my new plan is. If someone asks me, I'm just going to immediately go into my 45 minute headlining set from top to bottom. I'm going to finish my, I'm just going to sit there. I'm married, right? So I got kids. You got, you know, just do the whole routine for them. Is this what you want? Like, just yeah, <laughs> make them so they never ask anyone again. It is such a strange thing, though, because I think, and we forget as comedians that the I truly believe the average person has never even seen stand up. Like yeah. the average run in the mill American that you just pick out of a lineup at a mall, they've never even gone to a show. So a lot of times when they meet a comedian, they're like, "Oh, you're funny. You're a comedian." Tell me a joke. They think they're, you're going to get like a popsicle stick joke or something yeah. like that. It's like, no, we call it material for a reason. There's a setting, a situation there. You're telling a story. You're painting a picture that all comes into place with being at a comedy show. It's a show. It's a performance more than it's just me going, oh, so what did this dick say to the other dick? Yeah. You know? Which is a great joke, by the way. <laughs> Another classic too, Joe, is people coming up to you after a show telling you something that happened in their life. And then giving you permission to use it. I had a guy come up to me after a show once and he sir, he was in the military and he talked about how he went to this Iraqi bar and they got into a huge fight and his buddy ended up getting stabbed and that was it. And he said, you can use that if you want. I'm like, use what? <laughs> What's the punchline there? Um, so yeah, it was like insane that he thought that was hilarious gave me permission i just i was like can i really can i use that <laughs> it is Thank funny you. when someone <laughs> there's no punchline there's no resolve it's just it's, you just witness someone get stabbed that's hilarious right <laughs> yeah so he gave me a setup after i do my jokes about subway i'm gonna transition into be serving overseas and my well, buddy Simon, getting stabbed <laughs> what's killer about it is it's not even a funny place like if nope. you start a story being like this guy was in an Iraqi bar, immediately I'm like, okay, here comes some violence. No offense, <laughs> Iraqi listeners. You guys just yeah. yeah, it hasn't been the safest spot in the planet the last 20 years. That could be a lot of America's fault too. Mm -hmm. But that's not even, you know, if, if if you're like I was at a daycare and all of a sudden this teacher stabbed someone, it'd be like, oh shit, like that's still not fun. You need something. And the whole permission angle always cracks me up too. They go, here, I got some for you. And you could totally use it. I'm like, first of all, I'll use whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> Who are you to tell me what to use? You know what I mean? What you think you have your own rights to some bullshit story you told me while in line at a target? You don't. Okay. Anything I overhear, 
I could change and turn it around and make it my own story. I don't need your permission. Yeah. And I just err on the side of like politeness. So when they say you can use it, I get excited. But then I'm probably feeding the fire that that guy thinks he's a writer now and he's going to go tell other comics, hey, you want to hear a funny story about my friend getting stabbed? <laughs> I'm like, you know, hey, you gave me permission to use that joke. Don't be passing that around. That's my new closer. Yeah. And that's it. I just walk <laughs> off stage. My friend got stabbed. <laughs> It's, it's you know, something that tropes with comedy. That's why yeah. I, in, you know, the, I've, I've discovered that there's this rule, you know, hacking is the big no, no, but there are like certain like stage lines. Like when you, you deal with a heckler or a classic MC one is you're not supposed to ask a girl how old they are. So how much do you weigh? Like yeah. I picked up all this stuff from being at clubs and working clubs and stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't want to, it's, it's my material. When I do, jokes about having twins uh because i do have twin boys people always come to me after the show like so do you really have twins why would i write material about having twin boys if it's not true like i just don't understand why people would think i don't know i just always that's always a weird one too i've had, had you know what i mean people, i've had people ask if i was really married i've had like female audience members and this might be uh, like a humble brag but they've been like are you really married and i'm like what fucking single comedian on the road would tell lies that he's married that you know what i mean yeah if anything you do jokes that you're not married you know so <laughs> that's yeah people sometimes just don't get it god bless them though right i mean they're trying they're coming out to things it's just we just yeah. work in a weird world you know what i mean For as sure. comedians like I got, I got in some hot water, Joe, because when I first started out, like, uh, like I've been doing it for, because we're, we're relatively the same age. I'm going to be 40 in January. How, how old are you, Joe? Can you I'm say 32. That? 32? <laughs> no, I'm 36. I just wanted to make you feel worse. Gosh, I'm 36. <laughs> That's no, like uh, the Bo Burnham special where he did a song about turning 30. And I'm like, what is this, your third special? And you've already got, uh, you're doing a song about turning 30? God. Yeah, I remember when that dude was like 20 and he he got YouTube famous right away. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so I've never been into his stuff. People have been raving about his new special, so I guess I have to check it out eventually. Yeah, yeah it's pretty it's pretty solid. It's borderline like performance art. It's like really deep. Oh, Joe's already rolling his eyes. He's like, I don't give a shit about that stuff. Look, <laughs> there's a place for that, but it's not my cup of tea. And look, there's no knock. Hey, if you're yeah. doing one man show, one woman show, one whatever show, and you want to do a performance piece where you do this, <laughs> this, and this, that's fine. But I don't, it's not a stand-up comedy special. Oh, it's, it's you own guys thing. missed it. Joe wrote his eyes so hard. They'll see this on YouTube, hopefully. <laughs> I did. I rolled my, I just don't, I've never been a big Bo Burnham fan either. Yeah. And it's not out of his being way younger than me and being way more successful. I'm just not, I've never been into that style. I remember when he first came out of the scene, he was this 20, 21 year old kid doing great. And a friend of mine was actually opening for him. A friend mm -hmm. of mine was considerably older. And I asked him like, is he cool? And he goes, he seems nice enough, but he also does not seem like he's enjoying himself at all. And then I, fine. You know what I mean? Maybe even a bad day. There's no real judgment there, but it did stick with me a little bit. Yeah, and I'll back you up. I honestly didn't care for him that much either, and maybe it was the age, but but you can't deny that. I mean, there are clever things that he's trying to do, but yeah, he's. I mean, it's borderline prop comic, borderline. It's just all over the place and stuff. But uh, and if yeah, it's entertaining, yeah. that's great. And you know, you know, just real summarize real quick about him. I he's clearly talented as hell. Like, there's yeah. no denying that. He knows what the fuck he's doing. I've seen him in interviews. Very, very bright dude. Mm -hmm. But I just doesn't seem like my thing, you know? And I think people need to accept that sometimes because every now and then I'll talk to a comedian and they go, you haven't seen that person special yet? I'm like, no, that's, that's not yeah. for me. You know what I mean? I like rock and roll. They're doing fucking jazz or some shit. I don't, it's different. It's yeah, it's all music. It's all comedy, but there's different genres to this shit. And I don't feel like I have to watch every, I, he was doing songs about, am I gay? Maybe I'm not gay. Like that was his shtick for the first five <laughs> years of his career. Yeah. And people seem to like that. I thought it was like, nah, I don't fucking, yeah. yeah, you're hitting all the notes on the piano. It's not for me. It's just not. So, but no, he I'm also probably you. doesn't give a fuck if I like him and vice versa, you know, I'm with you. I like, I, you know, I also, my, my side gig, um is i teach i teach high school so whenever people find out that i do comedy it's always brought up like so kevin hart's always the big one i get that puppet guy you know what I, who's the guy that was all the puppets jeff dunham yeah i get jeff dunham and it's just it's frustrating because you know these young kids are and i'm sure it happens with all ages but 
The only thing they know is Kevin Hart, Jeff Dunham. Um, so when I bring up comics like Jim Gaffigan, Paula Tompkins, you know, Brian Regan is going to be here in the Quad Cities pretty soon. People are like, who? And I'm like, see, you know, these are the comics that I kind of enjoy. But, you know, people always ask me my influence. And then I'll, you know, I'll tell them and they're like, who? It's so it's just like a a dumb conversation yeah i don't even think it's like a youth generational thing though because there are comics who are my age or have come along after me there are definitely a lot of comedians younger than me that i think are fantastic Mm -hmm. i just like more of the traditional a little bit more i mean i don't know there's i say that but then like nick vaderot's one of my favorite comedians and he does so many a lot of experimental stuff on stage and um i don't know i just from I, I gotta maybe I'll just watch it and stop sh- flapping my gums. Yeah, and it's like, I, I'm with you, dude, and I'm I'm on the same boat. But then, like, I've been on this kick lately for a couple of years now, where you know I'm a middle aged white person on stage, and yeah, I, I have jokes, and I'm fairly confident of the work. But I mean, you know me now, like you know, I got the mustache, I got the Hawaiian shirt, just like, and I promised myself, Joe, that I would never do that shit. But it's like something. Because obviously no one can pronounce my da- my last name, so I'm like, hey, the Hawaiian shirt dude or the mustache guy. Um, so I'm trying to give myself a little edge in terms of memorability, you know, being member, being remembered. So I love then, the mustache; it makes yeah, you look like you. a guy who's always ready to have a good time. It's thick; <laughs> it's like a Selleck meets uh, I can't Burt Reynolds. I don't know. I was trying sure, to think of another famous that. mustache guy. <laughs> um. Yeah, and uh, I get a lot of crap for it. And, like, because my style is fairly clean, fairly, uh, you know, cutesy-wootsy. So I had to work through the mustache because the mustache, when I tell jokes about having kids or, like, squirrels, it comes off creepy with the mustache. So I had to work I had to work my way through that mustache and really fight for it. Um, so, yeah, just another thing. That, and now every comic, I feel, has a mustache. And I just sort who, of... Who else has a mustache? Um, beards I feel like are the thing. Beards are the thing, but I, I every now and then I'll see a little mustache, but they're like in it for like, like ha ha ha. Look, I didn't shave the mustache of my beard. Ha, ha, I'm gonna do two weekends, dude. This mustache, I can't even shave it. I tried the razor broke. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's become too strong. That thing has become an organ. You couldn't get rid of that <laughs> yeah, if you wanted to. Sure. It's my that Samson. Is, it's my Samson hair. <laughs> it's unreal. Yeah, you got some power source to that, though. I was going to tell you, Joe, I forgot. So I opened it with a story. But, like, when I first started, it was all about getting chicks and, like, partying and hanging out. And then, you know, I was, like, five years. My act was that. It was all, like, secret ways to meet girls or, like, party or whatever, score things. And uh, when I got married... You know how long it takes to write material and jokes. So I got married and then I did another show. I had a show that, you know, that weekend I did the show. I did the same act. And my wife was like, what are you doing? You're not, you're not single anymore. I'm like, hon, it's going to take some time. (laughs) You know what I mean? And she's like, no, you got to talk about being married now. And I'm like, okay. So, you know what I mean? It's hard to get rid of those bad boys that have like helped or that are funny. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I was going with that story. It's like I hear you. I hear I you. Write new material. <laughs> you know, I felt like as soon as I had, I just had funny stuff happen at my wedding and the honeymoon. So as soon as I came back from the honeymoon, I'm like, here's here's some jokes about it, yeah. and I was able to just kind of transition into that world. But it it just seems so funny to me though when someone asks like are you really married or are you just saying that for the jokes? I'm like, who the fuck? Yeah. Do you know male comedians? Like half of what every male comedian wants to do is hook up with a girl yeah, after the show, sure. especially when you're just popping into town. That's a nice little thing. Right. Um, <laughs> but you know, so I, like I said, it, I'm like, if that were my goal. Have, I love the fact that you have kids. I love to meet comics. I have kids because yeah. I mean, there was a moment where, you know, I still go old school. I still write notebooks and, I had this notebook filling up with all this kids material and marriage material. I'm like, Chris, stop because, and then I would still do like college nights and like, you know, the occasional college thing. No one's married college night. No one has kids. So I don't want to shoe, you know, pigeonhole myself into a married guy or the kid guy. I don't want to do that. I want to be versatile. Yeah. I've been, you know, real aware of that. I don't want to go too kid heavy or too marriage heavy or yep. too whatever. I try to, at least with my last hour, the second half hour was of it. I mean, the first 15, 20 minutes was still some kid stuff, kind of continuation from the previous hour. And then I went into like just 
societal bullshit, right? Because yeah. you want to be able to perform for any kind of room. Um, but then at the end of the day, you could just, you know, be the artist that Bo Burnham is and be like, I'm going to do my <laughs> shit, whether you like it or not. And, and, and hopefully more people, you find your audience. There's a billion people on the planet, way more than there's 7 billion people. You could find the shit that you like and people will gravitate towards it. Hopefully. Right. It's hard to connect yeah. and find these audiences sometimes though. Uh, the last thing I'll joke. say about Bo Burnham special though, the, com- the trailer for it, two things pissed me off about her or not pissed me off, but it made me go fuck off. One was like shot all by himself. And in my head, I'm like, well, that shot right there had to have been on a skateboard or something because how the fuck did you have this crane shot of you at the piano going towards all yep. the way around your back? You got some fancy shit going on then, man. Maybe you did shoot it all by yourself. I don't know. And then the second thing was just like people, the reviews where everyone's like, you know, it really captured how we all felt this last year. I go, fuck you. How do you know how everyone felt this last year? <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. I hated the pandemic like everyone else. I took it seriously. My wife's a nurse who worked on the COVID floor. I got Jeez. pissed at the people who didn't take it seriously. So trust me, I was definitely, I wasn't escaping to Florida and sneaking off and having COVID parties. I was very much indoors yeah. too. Me too. But I don't think I wanted this like meta oh aren't we all fucking existential <laughs> i don't know i've hit i hit a point in my life dude where i fucking hate that shit i find it boring as fuck because so many of the people who get like hung up on it maybe having kids does it changes you but so many people get hung up on the fact that like oh everything's meaningless and we're just all ants spinning around this blue glow yeah. marble and the in the vastness of the universe it's just like yeah no shit we all <laughs> fucking learned that a long time ago these people who you come across them and they're like, you know, we die at the end. I'm like, yes, I do know that, which is why I'm walking away from you now because there's not yeah, much. Really. I don't want to waste time around fucking idiots like that. I'm at the point now where I want shit that's like entertaining in a way that like puts my fist in the air, not like I'm having a good time. Like that's the yeah. kind of bands I want to see now. Fun fucking bands. I want to hear fun comedians. I want that. And, and it's not like I'm. You know, there's a place for that kind of shit. Don't get me wrong. I like I like that deep dive every now and then. Yeah. But right now, at this st- stage in 2021, I don't want my entertainment to be the sad sack bullshit mixed in with the silly song and other stuff. And again, I haven't watched the fucking special. Yeah. So watch me put it on tonight or tomorrow, <laughs> and I get back to you, Chris. I'm like, this thing changed me. Holy fuck! Yeah. I love you, Bo. I, let me ask you this, Joe. Joe, uh, you get uh, a. Sh- you know, you get a phone call or an email from Bo Burnham's people. They want you to open up for him. You do that, right? And say how much? <laughs> of course, I would do that because he's probably as an audience, and I always view it as I get a chance to take some of his audience and make them my audience. Not like steal them. I don't want. I you know, there's, there's people can like everybody. Obviously, I would never yeah. view it that way. And again, I got nothing against this man at all. I'm I'm sure he's a great dude. Uh, and again, the talent's undeniable. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not an accident. He's reached the success he has and he's directed, uh, Chris Rock special and, and yeah, a movie right. and all that. Um, yeah, so, he was a promising young woman. He was really pretty, a pretty good actor out of nowhere. That was, that was a great movie. And he was the male lead. That was pretty impressive. Why do you hate Bo Burnham? <laughs> I, I haven't seen promising young woman yet, but it wasn't eighth grade. The thing he directed. I believe so. Yeah, eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. promising woman. I think he just acted in. Um, uh, he acted in Funny People too, where he just looked like the biggest nerd at the yeah, table. Just sat there, yeah. Like he's just this. I I don't know. I don't know. I gotta I gotta give him a real fair shot. Probably some people listening might be like, dude, Bill Burnham's great. You'd probably love him if you just gave him a chance. I just <laughs> I, I heard his early shit. I actually did listen to it. I gave it a yeah. shot, and I just it wasn't for me. And I just scra- I just wrote it off. To, not stuff. for me. Yeah, I've done that before. You know, you mentioned like uh, I trust me. I've worked with some people that I wasn't a fan of, or just like growing up in the Midwest, man. There's a lot of like uh, people that aren't even comics. Like I, I just had this kick where I was opening up for like real world like guests who didn't do comedy. They just told stories. Um, I opened up for Tom Arnold once, and you know he sold out both shows. But all he did, and I'm not tr- if he's listening, I apologize, but all he did was like talk about Schwarzenegger and all these people that he met and he looked like he was craving uh some nose candy on stage like it was really hard for him to be in that situation but I came out ahead because I had jokes I had like a set yeah um and so same when I opened like for- you talked about gaining followers I mean I think it really helped to 
get in there and do your thing. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Trust me, Joe. I got a picture with him too. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, I I'll, I have a similar story. Yeah, very similar story. I opened for Jeremy Piven at the Laugh Factory in 2018, and he'd only been getting into stand up for like the last six months. He said he did it for a charity show and then liked it. And you know, I was talking with him before the show with another comedian, and he definitely seemed to be becoming a student of it. So I, I at least had some respect for him there. You know, he's also coming off the heels of a lot of a lot of serious accusations in Hollywood and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I looked at it like because I remember a few people being like Jeremy Pivens at the Laugh Factory. Why the fuck they book him and all this other shit? And I'm like, well, I'm opening for him, so maybe I'll get some slack. But whatever. I not to toot my own horn, but I fucking I kicked some dicks in that night, and really, yeah. you know, I, I dominated. And to the point where I remember when he was going up at the end, only doing like he was doing as much time as me and another one of the features. And I remember passing him and he was like, that was great. And I go, oh, thank you. He goes, mm, maybe a little too great. And I couldn't tell if he was serious or not. Um, <laughs> but after the show, he was real nice and cordial and all that kind of stuff. But again, I got all these messages on Instagram. His fan base was mostly on Instagram, you know? Yeah. And they were all like, you were amazing. Where else do you perform in Chicago? And so I was like, this is go. exactly why you try to get on as many stages as you can. So that was, yeah, that was definitely a a, a business choice and it paid off for you, it sounded like. I, yeah. So I had a. I, and again, I, I don't want to just talk shit about comics, but I worked with this guy, we'll call him Pauly Shore, and I worked <laughs> with him all weekend, and I gave him his space. I, I There was a time in my career where I was kind of a star fucker, and I would like look at these guys and be in awe, but I just thought it would be better just to kind of like give them their space. So I gave him his space all weekend, and then I ended up having it, and again, name dropping, not really much material. Um, so I looked good again. I had to take him back to his hotel, and my wife. My wife always comes to the shows where I'm opening up for some type of celebrity, and that was one that where my wife was in the car, and I dropped him off at the hotel, and I'm like, you know, hey, Polly, can I get a picture with you real quick? Because I do, I like it. I promote myself, show people who I work with. So I get out of the car. My wife is <laughs> ready to take the picture. I put my arm around him. I don't know what to do. He slaps my hand, and says, "Dude, I ain't gay." And I was like, "Oh." what like i was so confused by that so i just had my hands at my side and took a picture with him but it was like really weird. i'm like am i mad am i gonna fight paulie or like he hit me like a little kid it was so weird and now i'll never work at the comedy store probably by telling that story but i'm sure really let down by that yeah that's just a weird reaction you know what i mean like yeah dude my that's my wife taking the picture i'm not gay pants. either like it was so weird <laughs> Yeah, sure. I mean, I wouldn't worry about not booking the comedy store. I'm pretty sure Polly Shore is not going to come across this podcast. You know what I mean? I'm not going to like tag him in the description. Don't worry about it, Chris. You'll be okay there. Hey, but speaking of venues, though, though, this is something for the – what we're about to talk about now is for you non-comedians listening who are probably like, all right, enough inside stuff. Although I think the Bill Burnham special was important talk. Yep. Chris produces a show that's phenomenal uh, called Tomfoolery on Tremont, because that's the street it's on. It's in Davenport, Iowa, at the Renwick Mansion, this beautiful home owned by Dane and Sarah, to a couple that yep. you could not not love. Yep. Like, amazing couple. And it's a really pretty, like, old-school mansion. What year was it built? I want to say 1905. I'm probably wrong there. But, yeah, it's been around for a while, probably even earlier Used to be the Renwick, William Renwick was a big lumber baron. So he made all his money through wood and he would, the tower, which I'm sure you've been up to, he would sit up there, smoke a cigar and watch his shipment of lumber come down the Mississippi. uh, Just like a Scrooge McDuck character almost, you know what I mean? Just living off the, his profits and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's been great, Joe. Like um, the two things I always promised myself as a comedian, I would never teach uh, a comedy class. And I'm sorry how you feel about it. I just don't feel like comedy can be taught. I feel like it's something you got to like learn the hard way. And I, I, I agree, myself- but I'll probably teach one when I get asked to in a year or two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after too. I'm done, after I'm done touring with Bo Burnham, I'll teach yeah, a comedy yeah. class. So I feel like I, I, I promised myself I would never teach a comedy class or I would never book a show. Cause I feel like it takes away from what you're actually, you know, trying to do. But, all this, it got to a point where there was nothing in the Quad Cities, nothing in Davenport. There used to be a Penguins Comedy Club. That went under probably about 14 years ago. 
And Dane and Sarah, what's great about them, Dane and Sarah Moulton, who own this Renwick mansion, they love comedy. They absolutely love comedy. And uh, I befriended them, and I suggested, hey, why don't you do a comedy show? We did the first one, and I thought it was supposed to be a one and done. And it just worked, the environment. You know, it's like, it's just a cool environment. It's an intimate environment. Supposedly, the Renwick mansion is haunted. And comedians, in my experience love ghosts and professional wrestling and drugs yeah. and all that stuff too but like uh <laughs> comedians like love it and now it's to the point and this was like a promise to myself in my 16 year career all these comics that were nice to me and reached out to me and who i respected i was kind of returning the favor you know what i mean and so it's a great hang i get to mc and so i get to work on my material and you know, ask someone, ask girls how much they weigh instead of how old they are. You know, the usual <laughs> stuff. And I don't know. It's just been a great, we've been doing it for almost three years now. And it's to the point where we're bringing in bigger names. Brooks Whelan's going to be coming. He was on your podcast recently. He's going to be coming July 20th. So it's just fun. We we can't see it a lot, Joe, you know. But we're, we're open to all ideas and stuff. I, I can't say how proud I am of the show. Real low maintenance, too. You know what I mean? I just Well, it's... A great crowd, and what makes it a great hang is that the comedians who are booked on the show get to stay at the mansion afterwards. Yeah. So you do the show, you know, hang out with the crowd a little bit because everyone who comes there is usually pretty cool, and then hang out with you, Dane and Sarah, and have a good time and kind of run around this mansion. It feels like camp. It feels like you go to like an away camp, and then you know, drinking beers. I remember the first time I went out there, we were drinking on like the little roof deck thing yeah. i don't even know if it's a, technically a deck we might have just been on the roof yeah and that tower is incredible and yeah it's along the mississippi river and it's just a fun spot but let me ask you this dude because i've heard I, i've i know some people who are like this place is haunted and i felt it mm -hmm. I felt haunted and all this i did have one thing the last time i was there where i locked the door to my room and you know went downstairs and then i remember like oh i forgot my notepad and i went upstairs i took the key out to open the door but then like i before I even put the key in, the door kind of opened. I remember being like, did I not lock it? I probably didn't lock it. And then someone's like, well, you know, the place is haunted. And I'm like, fuck that. I guess I've never <laughs> experienced it. I know some people are like, no, dude, that not just the yeah. runway. You know, some people, they hear it's haunted and they go, that makes sense. I had one time I got a ghost blow job and it was great. Mm -hmm. And you know, that scene in Ghostbusters. But like, have you had anything where you're like, shit, maybe this place really is haunted? Well, that's the big thing. Believe it or not, that's the big money maker for Dane and Sarah is they run it out to it's a gorgeous venue. They run it out for weddings, you know, a lot of graduation parties, the comedy shows, music events. But there are like multiple tribes of ghost hunters, like all across Iowa, all across the Midwest. And they, Dane and Sarah, who are kind of skeptics, but I'll tell you a good story about Sarah here in a little bit, are kind of skeptics. They run it out to them. And it's almost comical how they're kind of taking their money because, you know, I, I, I'm kind of a I always go into it as a skeptic, too. I feel that's worked better. I've never personally had anything happen to me. I have felt uncomfortable at points uh, that basement. I've seen some shadows, but I can't. You it's have a creepy to be really fucking skeptic. basement. Oh, it's, it's really it's not a finished basement. Everywhere. Yeah. Um. We had Mike Brody in, comic from Minneapolis. I don't know if you ever met Mike. Great dude. Uh, he was on stage. Probably the best thing we had, I would say, is he had a water bottle. He took the cap off, put it on the middle of the stool. Now, it was a padded stool, so that kind of hurts the evidence. But uh, about 20 minutes into a set, for some reason, it looked like somebody just took their finger and pushed the bottle cap off and it was so noticeable that even Mike stopped his set and asked, did anyone just see that? Uh, so that was pretty alarming. I'll send you the video. That's creepy. So it's out there and um, we actually have it on tape. And then, you know, you perform in front of these blinds, these old fashioned wooden blinds. And a couple people have said they heard the blinds. They saw them or heard them go ch -ch -ch, like up and down, which is, there's no air vent there. Uh, Sarah, who I'm mad at, who Sarah's one of the owners of the mansion. She's always been playing off that she's a skeptic. She's She doesn't believe in it. Maybe that's helpful when you're in there alone by yourself a lot. But yeah. she's been telling me that she's been, you know, she'll occasionally clean rooms and she'll feel someone pull at her long blonde hair and she just kind of writes it off. 
but I'm like, Sarah, how long have I known you? You've never told me this. Let's get up there. I, granted, Joe, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I want to yeah, go up what would there you do? and just like wear a wig or something. But uh, I, 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 it's really exciting. I love it. I, I'm a huge fan of it. Every time I go out of town, Joe, instead of looking for bars or like women to hook, now that I'm married, it's what's your haunted place? Do you have any haunted folklore stories? That's kind of my thing that I'm really. So you become into. like a, a pretty big haunted, uh, like trails type of dude, huh? You want to go around I do. visiting all the hot spots? I do. And I prefer it like. Uh, Can you walk into a room and be like, oh, I feel something? I feel no, something. No, because here. I don't. I don't feel oh, shit. Oh, you don't. Okay, I don't. good. We had, uh, let's see, a Ryan Singer, LA comic, great guy. Has great a, dude. He would be the guy to, to feel around. He's, I love that guy. And I'm trying to get him back. He's been there before because he has a podcast, Paranormal You, I believe it's called. But yes. This is his thing. He came and he was doing something called a spirit box where it's, it, it goes through frequencies real fast and occasionally you hear like murder. <laughs> I don't know. Murder is a bad example. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, they were messing around with the spirit box. They were upstairs and they were like, what kind of food did we get for dinner tonight? And the spirit box said pizza and they had sandwiches. So it was close. Um, no, I just kidding. They did have pizza <laughs> and Ryan Singer lost his mind and Dane lost his mind. I, I left because I'm the guy that has to go work the next day and teach. But uh, they sent me that footage. And I'm like, damn it. That was pretty cool. You know, I'm not a doubter because, okay. like, you know, there's a lot of crazy shit in the world. Why wouldn't ghosts? And but the thing with the Renwick Mansion is, it fits like the Hollywood checklist. If you're writing a story about a haunted place, oh yeah, an old rich lumber baron, maybe he still lurks the. You know, he's. You said he's. <laughs> there's a tower. I've seen the tower at yep. the top of this place. I've been up there. You get a crazy 360 view. And yeah, he used to smoke cigars, watching the yep. shipment come in. That seems like a dude who'd be like, I'm going to haunt the fuck out of this place when I die. Yeah. And yeah, the creepy ass basement, the it's up on a hill. There's no other place like buildings around it. You know, yeah, and this pre predates the mansion, but where it is, that hill used to be like, and this is very Hollywoody too, but used to be like an Indian, I don't want to say burial ground, but it was like a point where the Indians would pray because it was like the highest point maybe. And so there's a, probably a lot of spirituality or like, you know, bad juju or whatever it is. But, uh, and people, comics love it. And I think honestly, Joe too, that's why a lot of the comics, when they come, they just get really shit faced. Cause they don't, bottom line is at the end of the day, you're sleeping alone in a room in this haunted mansion. So they just get hammered. And it's just always a good time. We used to do ghost tours. We'll probably start it back up. But me and Dane would, you know, embellish the truth a little bit. Uh, I think, Joe, the room you stayed in, we said that's where the bodies were found. Sure. Um, you know what? And I'll, and I'll tell you this. And, and tell, tell Dane and Sarah, the owners of the Renwick Mansion, the haunted Renwick Mansion, that even hearing all those haunted murder ghost stories did not stop me from masturbating in their mansion, in their hotel. So... Stayed in two different rooms each time. Yeah. I masturbated in both of them. When I come back next year, I hope I'll hit the third room. Um, yeah. I'd like to masturbate in every room in that mansion. That's how I combat ghosts. Ghosts well, don't Joe, fuck with you I, if you're I really hope that we can you complete your masturbation bingo at our lovely establishment. Um, Please, yeah. <laughs> help me. I'll, I'll come back. If, if it gets to the point where you know, you're like, hey, there's no headlining spots, I'll come back to hit bingo as a feature. You know? <laughs> Hey guys, this is Joe. He's going to do a quick uh, five minute set and then he's got to go uh, do take care of something else. Yeah. Do another quick five minute set, you know? Yeah. That's great. They're probably, Dane and Sarah will probably be listening to this. So I can't guarantee you a third time at the Renwick Mansion. How uh, they couldn't be angry, though. Come on. They understand <laughs> that that's happening in those beds, right? Oh, for sure. They, uh, I'm not messy. I clean up after myself. They send me pictures all the time of the stuff they find in there, and uh, I don't know how they do it, frankly. You know what I mean? Luckily, they have a bar on the premise, and I'm sure that helps. Yeah, because if they're having stuff. weddings and graduations, they're finding way worse stuff than after the comedy shows. Oh, for sure. And they, or, or and the, Dane told the, me, Joe, that when they cleaned your room just for shits and giggles, they used one of those black lights um, in your room. And I don't know how you did your signature on the wall in that substance but that's pretty impressive because you have a long last name i do you know and i was saving it up i was saving it up a little bit <laughs> I did a high protein diet you know and uh kegel exercises everyone really gives you that that shot 
you know that the that the P stars have. The That's when stars. I send the email out to the comics, I promote that. I'm like, hey guys, do you want a fancy place to beat off? Well, hey, Joko <laughs> Gallon. <laughs> that'd be really funny if uh one day at the renwick mansion they'll just have like you know how like a lot of comedy clubs have like the signatures on the wall the pictures on the wall they'll be like hey God, <laughs> brooks whelan who was once on snl beat off in this room <laughs> joe kilgallen everybody star yeah. of his own sitcom yeah. jerked off just 20 yards from her that'll be a real selling point for weddings and bar yeah. mitzvahs and Joe, uh, Joe put the gallon in his last name with his night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that got a little too gross. Of visual. I know. Oh, so, I, I stepped over, dude. I'm you made it weird. We're no. talking about, oh man, I knew you would do this, man. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that to you. But like, you know what though? The comedians can't be the grossest people. Have they said that? If Sarah and Dane said that the comedians are the grossest, no, that the stay comedians there? are pretty cool because I mean, obviously, we've we've never really had any issues. We've had a couple of creepers. We had one person. Again, these are mostly my friends, but now we're getting into like uncharted territory. And you're kind of one of my go-to guys when I get people that reach out to me. I'm like, I don't care necessarily how funny you are. Are you cool? Are you nice? Yeah. Uh, we've had a couple of incidences where people like stole things and um, just got a little bit too liquored up and were kind of handsy, I guess you could say. And I know my mustache is like pretty, but don't handsy don't with you. Yeah, just like pinching my butt and shit, and like, uh, yeah. I know I had a Hawaiian shirt, I got a mustache. I get it, I get the vibe. I'm coming up, you know what I mean? But yeah, but other than that, I mean, if people want to come back, don't fuck shit up. Don't be, don't be a jerk. Be nice. That's all I care about. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hate when people, uh, you know, they might ruin it for everyone else, which really sucks. It does. <laughs> it does, right? All right, Chris, yeah. I do a segment. That I think we're gonna have some fun with here. It is called Five Good Ones, in which I ask my guests five good questions. Okay. But by good, they're pretty random and silly and weird and dumb all at the same time, too. So without further ado, question number one, five good ones from my man Chris over here. What is your favorite fast food restaurant? I, I don't know. Chick-fil-A. Is that a fast Chick-fil-A, food? that's your favorite. So how long have you been a homophobe? How long have you hated gay people? <laughs> Is that recent or your whole life? So <laughs> no longer Chick-fil-A. I, I do like Chick-fil-A. I'm sorry if I'm supporting God damn. Can you erase this part, Joe? Because I'm trying to get booked uh in san francisco coming up here hey um, by the way though look everyone chris is an ally i'm just fucking with him a little bit here hey you know what i think people forgot for a while people was like boycotting it and then it's i've only had it once no i had it i've had it twice they had a grilled chicken sandwich that was pretty phenomenal God grilled spicy it, chicken Joe. are you serious? and most fast food places don't have the grilled chicken breast it's all fried so there i'm like ah man how about you know? jimmy john's doesn't that guy just hunt like endangered species I think I think everyone who owns a fast food conglomerate is probably a piece of shit. So you shouldn't feel bad about Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A is honest though. That's why the one thing I used to talk about this with comedian C.J. <laughs> Sullivan. He would talk about how hey, Chick Fil A is at least honest. And he, I'm paraphrasing one of his jokes here. So C.J.'s been on the podcast. I'm sure he won't mind. He basically was like, he couldn't believe that people were shocked when it when they found out that Chick Fil A was anti-gay. The place is closed on Sundays for God's sakes. Clearly, they had some religious views. Yeah. You know? You know how, like, we talked about, like, opening up for, like, you know, people that you don't necessarily want you to gain followers? I feel like by doing this podcast, I'm just going to lose a lot of people because I like Chick-fil-A. Not anymore, Joe. I turned over a new leaf. Uh, Jimmy John's. There you go. That's much better. All right. What's been your favorite moment in your comedy career? Um, Let's see. I had a couple of cool ones. Probably one that stands out is uh comedy on state in madison have you ever worked there yes great club it's like you set up your premise people are already laughing it's just fantastic so i got i got to feature there like uh maybe twice and it just went really well and then a couple months later out of the blue they called me there was a situation where there was a falling out and they called me and they're like hey can you headline thursday the comic missed a flight or something. I'm like, yeah, sure. I can feature <laughs> like not processing what they were asking me. And they're like, no, no, no. We want you to head that. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll feature. <laughs> and, uh, so I got the headline comedy on state and that was a, a huge honor and it went really well. And that's kind of a highlight of my career. Another though, 
another one I'll add real quickly, which was good in theory. It didn't turn out that great is I got to be on Bob and Tom. And at the time, Bob and Tom was kind of a, a, a show that you got on that kind of was like the Johnny Carson of the Midwest. It kind of helped you. And I got on it because I have twin boys. I know you got kids relatively close in age too. that. Uh, I had a viral video that they got done wrestling each other. It was like six to five. It was a real close match. And uh, they were six or seven at the time. And Jonas lost. And when Tommy got his hand raised, Jonas punched him in the nuts, essentially. <laughs> and I put it on Facebook to show my dad. And that went viral, like, really quick. And I finally had an excuse. Because I've been trying to email the Bob and Tom producers to try to get on there. And I'm like, hey, maybe we could talk about this video. And so they had me on. This wasn't like me, Joe, like doing tours, like traveling. We did our family vacation to Indianapolis. I shouldn't say what's from, but Indianapolis. <laughs> and uh, it went fine. I was on the show for two hours, but you know, you're on a set. I'm not the kind of person that interrupts a lot. So you're on a set with like on the radio station with eight other people. They all know each other. It's all inside jokes. And they would try to feed you this setup and I would go into it. And then Bob or Tom would interrupt. I remember I had a joke about my son getting his foot caught in a Pringles can. And I had this whole joke about how I'm not taking him to the emergency room. He's going to have to learn how to be like a chip pirate and just adapt. Um, but as I'm setting that joke up, Bob's like, oh, I've gotten something else caught in a Pringles can. I'm like, oh, like your dick? Like, what the hell? <laughs> now my punchline is going to suck because you established that you had sex with a Pringles can. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was bittersweet. Greg Warren was there, who I love as a comic. And I was like, Greg, please help me. I Greg's stole a, a bunch dude. of stuff from the green room. So I don't know. It's a credit. There I you go. Six sentences on Bob and Tom. but no, That's like one of the number one morning radio shows yeah. in the Midwest, for yeah. sure. I had something like that, too. I was on Man Cow. Have you ever heard of Man Cow? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't... <sighs> I got booked for it and I was just like, sure, you know, and I didn't get there like six in the morning, six 30 in the morning and all this shit. And then they were like, Oh, right, we're going to bring you on around this time. And then an hour goes by and I'm like, why have I been brought on when they said, and finally when a producer came back, I'm like, am I going on soon? You know? And he's like, Oh my God, who are you again? I'm like, Joe Kilgallen, the comedian that was booked for the, I, you know, and then they go on and I'm next to like some female bodybuilder who she was nice enough. I had nothing against her, but he kept like, you were sharing a mic. So she kept putting me in headlocks for his enjoyment. And I'm just like, oh, is this funny? You know, making jokes about like, oh, her oily makeup is all over my, ruining my shirt. You know, I'm just yeah. like, and the funny thing, it was at any point I could have totally flexed the shit out of her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, female bodybuilder or not, I'm Joe Kill fucking yeah. I'll knock you right on your ass, but I'm, go I'm going along with the gag, you know? But I remember one point being like, if you, if you do that any tighter, I'm going to come up with the head and just take out your chin. <laughs> You know, and make it look like an accident. You're not yeah, embarrassing me on local radio in Chicago. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm sure you've had like, you know, those moments where it's like, oh, this is going to be a big break. And then for some reason or another, it doesn't turn out like you expected it. You, you shut the bed or I think you just got to seize the opportunity to be more aggressive and plug. I mean, it's, it should be about you. You're the guest. So I should have headbutted her. Like you're saying you should have headbutted her. It's chances. Never be back on the show, but you'll be memorable. There you go. All right. Well, here's a memorable question. I like to be silly with it sometimes. I was revisiting this thing, a series of questions I did with Joey Via Gomez, and this is why this was inspired. All right. You have a choice. Okay. We, you go to prison, prison for one full year, or lose a nut. Which do you choose? God. It's a tough one. I think I would lose a nut because I think they'd eat me up in prison. Um, that stash in the Hawaiian shirt angle isn't going to play. Yeah, no. do you think I could uh, get? Could I ask the judge for permission to wear Hawaiian, like <laughs> some sort of? Hey, hey, judge, I got to keep my image. I think I could lose a nut. People live without nuts. Tom Green has one nut. I mean, it. There's happens. a lot of people who have one ball. So I think you chose the right, and you already have your children. I don't think you're looking for any more kids. Yeah. So I think that's that's the smart move. What I asked so, Joey Via Gomez was. Um, lifetime supply of weed or lose a nut and he was like i'll cut the fucker out myself like he because he's a big pothead so yeah i think i would i think i would lose a nut just because i think prison is probably very scary although i could have a lot of free time to write <laughs> like it'd be all about prison material though but uh like how much how much covid material did you write joe or did you just stay true to 
who you are. I just I, was like, this is a good COVID joke, but people don't want to hear that. I have one COVID joke, like a joke and a half maybe. And um, I kind of want to get it on film because then I could just use it on TikTok and YouTube as a throwaway. Like it won't be on the next hour. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because again, like we give, you know, it's, it's, co- it's so, t- it's so time sensitive. And a lot of people are like, don't do any COVID material because nobody wants to hear that shit. And then I'm laughing because all the same people who said that are like, Bo Burnham's thing was the greatest thing we've ever seen. I'm like, that was all centered. <laughs> Wasn't the whole idea he's stuck alone because of COVID, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And don't I, I think like of it this said, way. You know, we had a set designer. I was like, he did this himself. Bullshit. I agree. I agree too. I'm, everyone has a little help, you know? But mm-hmm. my thing is that uh, with the COVID jokes, it's, it depends the you know if you say this happened to me during quarantine or you know when everything was shut down I had this incident happen it's not really like Sarah Perry is a good friend of mine she has a joke about getting dumped during covid it's mm-hmm. not about covid it's more about getting dumped and yeah covid's the setting but yeah. I don't consider that a covid joke you know my covid jokes about how I had a few friends who were still on tinder going I I got I'm single I'm I'm going to take the risk <laughs> And I'm like, you're going to get an STD during the year 2020. And how dumb is that going to be to tell a doctor? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I didn't mask up downstairs or the fuck the joke. I don't even, I just ruined the whole joke for everyone. If you ever see it out there, pretend like you didn't hear it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just a real quick little opening thing I'd yeah. open with just to move on with it. Or, or I talked about, like, you know, imagine if you lost your virginity in 2020, like, you know, one month later, everything shuts down. How dumb you'd be like, fuck, man. Still a good year though, right? You know, that <laughs> yeah, was like yeah, yeah. five hundred thousand people died, but I got to come in someone's mouth. Good year, you know. Twenty twenty. Hey, Chiefs won the Super Bowl, man. I'm good. Like, uh, so the rest was like, whatever, man. Um, yeah, it's like- amazing how sports teams with victory will just be like, I didn't know those people personally, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, I know. My it's my team. People always say, hey, your team lost. I'm like, yes, I have some control over the team. I'm like, geez, man, come on. But I was, I, you know, I real quick with the COVID. I was grinding hard, like I know you grind and try to get your name out there. And then, you know, the the pandemic hit and everything. It felt like then a fight club where everyone just kind of started back at zero. And I'm like, oh, sweet. I, I'm on the same plane as, you know, uh, Bill Burr and all these guys that are stuck in a house. And then when it opened back up slowly, I'm like, oh, shit. It feels like there's so many comics out there now. And I feel like I almost have to start all over. So it's been kind of rough. I love don't Joe. I love being on the stage, but just I haven't been really aggressive trying to get myself out there. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, uh, you're just- not. You're not alone with that. I yeah. uh, I got a little behind the eight ball. The problem was like I think some of these comics have really smart managers who were just right away going like, as soon as you open, let us know. As soon as you open, let yep. us know. And they were just on it like that because I'm doing mostly local stuff. I've, I've you know, I had the St. Louis Funny Bone. I, I did your great show in Davenport. I did yep. a spot in Indianapolis. But for the most part, I've been staying in Chicago, which is great because Chicago is so awesome in the summer. Yep. And if you survive that winter, stay here in the summer. So my goal then is to hopefully Chad McDaniel hit up Arizona, but I want to do it when it's crappy in Chicago. Yep. Like I want to like, go get back to LA, like in the winter, go back to all these places and kind of set myself up for a nice, like late fall winter tour, but stay as close to home as I can while the weather's warm. All right. Here's another standard dude question. Uh, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Mm, I want to say read minds, but I also want the ability to turn it off. Like I don't want to constantly read minds, but I think that'd be good. You know, I think as comics, we're very vain and we always think about what people think of us. So I'd, I kind of want to. I kind of want to be able to read minds. I'll talk to animals. Is that lame? That's a lame power, but I don't care. I'd like to. No, talking to animals would be great. I'd love to be able to say to my dog, like, "Why are you always barking out the damn yeah. window?" And then my would, dog would I, be like, "I don't trust these people." And I'm like, "I don't either." But you're annoying the shit out of everyone else in the house. <laughs> Can you just think it in your head that you don't trust these people? You don't have to like get into the window and be like, "What the fuck are you doing, rocking down my street?" You know? Yeah. So read minds, talk to animals. I think that might be interesting i like that so your professor x meets dr doolittle yeah i don't feel like i could like be a good villain or a good superhero because i could just tell you oh like he's thinking about taking his gun out and shooting you or hey that squirrel i don't know i don't know if i'd contribute much if i was an x-men character or an avenger like chris what does that mean pimple thinking he wants to kill you you guys we should probably i don't know like hey that's my well, i mean i think they'd be useful to the team power. 
Yeah. Like individual, you know, well, Xavier can control minds. You're just reading them, which is yep. still pretty sweet. I'm like, that That girl hates my mustache. I just feel depressed all the time. Like, that's, yeah. That <laughs> might be a, yeah, that'll backfire in the power there. <laughs> all right. Here's question number five. Now, I think hopefully if your wife's listening, she doesn't get upset about this. And hopefully you answer the right way. Okay. So you're married. This is why it's a fun question for a married guy. Thelma Hayek. Oh, so I'm high, well, holy shit, maybe, because I was going to ask, <laughs> name a famous actress or musician or whoever, just someone famous, a celebrity, because I don't, you can't name someone who lives two blocks away, the listeners know who the fuck that is, yeah. but name someone that you I, think your wife would go along with for a threesome. Oh, God. Male or female? <laughs> hey, man, whatever you're into, buddy. <laughs> Or whatever she's into. No, it's not what I'm into, but I'm sure if I picked a good male, I'm sure my, my would be down. <laughs> okay, fair point. But in my brain, I was thinking you were going to answer female. But if, if you if you want to hook your wife up, dude, you're no, a really I, good man. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I could say I'm trying to think. Uh, I would say Selma Hayek, and I think my wife knows that, and she knows the importance. I planted that seed early, like when we were dating. I think we watched Desperado, and I was just really like, God, I'm really attracted to her. From dust till dawn, more. Too, man. Yeah, oh my God. I just, and still, she's like, what, 50, 55, like maybe older, but she still looks good. So, got a lot on her fastball still. Still, my Hayek, and hopefully, you know, my wife is cool with that. Um, but I could see a big twist of fate is somehow I end up not like getting pushed out a little bit. You know what I mean? It's a classic case of, wait, you want me to hold the camera? Like, what? Like, this is not fun. But then it's um, still might be fun for you. I don't know. I just wanted to know yeah. who's someone that your wife would be like, fine. Or maybe you should be like, uh, yeah, let's. So let's I, I got to say, it. like, Selma Hayek, I can't, you, like you said, I can't say waitress at local Chili's. There, well, I don't know. I feel like you're, <laughs> I feel, I again, I don't know what kind of relationship you no, two have, but I, I feel I'll like a celebrity, it. although the skill of queso at Chili's is phenomenal. And if you got a waitress who brings it to you, cute. You're into I'll, that too. I'll say Selma Hayek, or just for my wife's sake, I'll say cast of Gossip Girl. So all those characters can come in because she likes that show on Vampire Diaries. They can all get involved and I'll <sighs> find a way. <laughs> I mean, dude, Blake Lively is on Gossip Girl, Leighton so Meester, smoke shows. So we've destroyed my comedy career and maybe my marriage with this uh, podcast. Thanks, Joe. Hey, man, like that's what the Joe Kilgallen podcast is all about, man. <laughs> You asked earlier, have I ever had anyone on that I didn't like? You, Chris. I brought you on just to sabotage you. <laughs> you yes. fucking piece and of shit. And Jaden said want to talk to me about the epic masturbation sessions. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Dude, this won't get you in trouble, right? That was a fun, silly question. No, I love it. All right, good. And the, by the way, gay listeners, Chris is a great man, okay? He likes Chick-fil-A, right? Some people just get a sandwich and they don't realize there's all sorts of shit behind it. Yeah. I always had... Uh... I, I did Milwaukee. Uh, what is it called? Uh, the Laughing Tab. Have you done that yet? It's good, Joe. I have not done that yet. I've been. Uh, I'm going to try to go get up there though. I've heard great so things. Immediately, the first thing I do when I go there is I find where Jeffrey Dahmer used to live in his apartment. His apartment's no longer there. I don't know if you know about Jeffrey Dahmer. He did some bad things. He killed famous people. serial killer. Everybody, Jeffrey Dahmer. Look him up. You'll be grossed <laughs> out. He used to kill people and eat them. Yes. So I thought to myself. You know, I got I got my standard look on, and I'm like, and he targeted gay people, but I was in the same area that he would like frequent. I can't imagine. So my new my joke that I wrote on the spot there was like, man, if I was walking around early '90s, man, Jeffrey Dahmer would have been licking his lips, looking at. I could have fed him for like years. I'm a bigger guy. I could have saved so many lives. <laughs> That's what I told. <laughs> yeah. And people laugh, but I think Jeffrey Dahmer still lingers there, and they don't like. They're not proud of that. They want to talk about their beer, you know, not. Yeah. Not Chicago's not too proud of John Wayne Gacy either. Yeah. But, you know, every town's got to have one do? of their superstar murderers. <laughs> he was a clown killer. Yes, I like, know. Yeah. All the people under the porch, right? Yeah, he did some. Yeah, he yeah, exactly buried him under the porch, too. Uh, not too far from where I live right now. Like 10 so minutes away, I think. is still standing, Joe? I don't know. I don't know if what's going on with it. I, I can't remember. I never looked up the exact address. I did, Here's one for people to go back and listen to. I had uh, comedian Patty Vasquez on, and her older brother was one of his victims. Oh, damn. Yes, and she talked about it on the podcast. So if you guys ever want to go back and listen to that episode with Patty Vasquez, I can't remember what number that Yikes, is, maybe 120-something, or I'm not even sure. But it was a cool episode because she was very open about it. I, I, 
Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah. Anyway, dude, thank you so much for being <laughs> on the podcast, buddy. Yes, serial killers. Let's end it. <laughs> I no other transition right there. We're just we're stuck. But no, tell everyone that. where they should find you, buddy. So I got a I got a website, Schlick Comedy, S-C-H-L-I-C-K comedy.com. And then that's kind of my handle for like Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And then we got a bunch of upcoming Renwick shows. We got uh, Ben Kronberg from Colorado. He's coming early July. And then, like I said, Brooks Wheeler is going to be there. And, yeah, we got some other – a lot of Chicago comics too, Joe. So you know all these comics coming in. But, yeah, come check out the show at Renwick and follow my career. For all the listeners in Illinois, Iowa, tri-state area, check it out. It's a fantastic venue. Great people running it. Everyone definitely follow Chris Schlichting. Everybody, they nail it. Yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. All right, dude, you're the best. Thanks for joining the podcast. Yep. And everyone, have a great week. Cheers. Thanks, Joe.